0: When I saw on my Instagram feed that thousands of young people in Thailand were raising their hands in the formation of the three-finger salute from the popular book series The Hunger Games, I was curious as to why they were doing something like that. So for my final project in comparative politics, I will dive into the Thai pro-democracy movement and discover the causes of current contentious politics in Thailand. Before we can dive into the current protest movement and the demands of the protesters, we must first understand the current Thai regime, the governmental structure and its electoral process. Thailand's Freedom House score is currently 32 out of 100 and has gained the status of partly free. Thailand's 2019 score was 30 out of 10 or 30 out of 100 and was considered not free but has but it has recently, increased because it held its first elections since a military coup overthrew the government in 2014. Sounds like a step in the right direction, right? Not so fast. The nature of these elections were not free or fair. Freedom House acknowledged that the elections were, quote, designed to prolong and legitimize the military's dominant role in Thailand's governance, unquote. The election was conducted to fill the 500 seats of the lower house of Thailand's bicameral legislature, the House of Representatives. The 250 members of the Senate are appointed by the military. Even though Thailand is technically a constitutional monarchy, the king has a lot of influence over both the government and the military. King Vajir who spends most of his time in Germany, ascended to the throne in 2016 and has since taken control of royal assets, making him one of the richest men in the world. The current prime minister and former general, Prayut Chan-ocha, was the architect of the 2014 military coup that decreed that the Senate be appointed by the military and ensure military influence over the government. Prayut was elected to the position by the pro-military Palang Pacharat Party that led a pro-military coalition. During the 2019 election season, there were 77 parties that fell into a pro-military or anti-military camp. Freedom House implies that it was clear that the parties did not have equal access to media and that there was a lot of political repression in favor of the pro-military parties. Even though the Thai public was able to vote in the election, the results did not reflect their votes because the government changed the formulas and rules that dictate how the seats are distributed. One might ask themselves, why would the Thai regime go through so much trouble to hold elections if it was going to manipulate it anyway? Barbara Geddes, the author of Why Parties in elections and Elections in Dictatorships, explains that there are benefits to a non democratic regime in holding elections. Building institutions that exist within democratic regimes, such as elections, quote, increase the power of the members of the inner circle who control them because they create resources that are useful in inner circle competition. Institution creation generates jobs for supporters and thus helps the individuals who lead them to build their individual clientele networks. End quote. Additionally, quote, once elite bargaining has evolved into somewhat predictable patterns, dictatorships often face problems with the implementation of their policies monitoring local officials to prevent theft and abuse of office, and gathering information from the grassroots. Many dictators use institutions that engage ordinary citizens to help them solve these problems end quote. In other words, elections, even rigged ones, serve to legitimize the ruling party or the ruling regime in the eyes of the officials that stand in between the rulers and the ruled that implement the rulers' policies. Elections also provide regimes with the opportunity to spend lots of money and resources reaching out to the voters and distribute different benefits and public goods to them for their support in the election. In order for the Thai government to be able to hold unfree and unfair elections, they had to weaken opposition and the public's ability to rally against the current government. Freedom House has found that the current Thai regime deeply limits freedom of expression. There is little free and independent media, and and Thailand retains 140 laws from the junta-controlled order that was designed to restrict freedom of expression. Freedom House also wrote that, quote, the governments also retained the junta's 2016 Computer-Related Crime Act, which gives authorities broad powers to restrict online expression, impose censorship, and enforce surveillance and extends enforcement of draconian laissez-majeste provisions online. These laissez-majeste laws um, ban Thai people from insulting the monarchy. All of the current regime's actions and policies have led to the contentious political movement calling for a more democratic and free Thailand. At first, the protest began as a, quote, student-led revolt against the military's influence on the classroom, end quote, and has since expanded to a full-blown movement to address Thailand's deep-rooted political and social issues. The protesters have adopted the slogan, Resign, Rewrite, Reform, to express their three main demands. They want the resignation of the Prime Minister, a revision of the Constitution that was enacted after the 2014 military coup, and the King to be held to the Constitution. Interestingly, the demand considered the most bold is the one pertaining to the king because the monarchy has not been challenged in the past 88 years. They want the king to return control of the royal assets that are worth, quote, tens of billions of dollars, unquote, and to, quote, relinquish control over certain Thai army units, unquote. They have also uh, called for the legislature to be dissolved. They have adopted the Hunger Games, Three-Finger Salute, and other pop culture references in order to spread awareness and to allow for others to show their solidarity with the movement. The protesters have been occasionally met by royalist counter-protests. They wear yellow shirts and sometimes clash with the pro-democracy demonstrators. The Thai pro-democracy protests are a perfect example of contentious politics that Sidney Tarrow and Charles Tilly describe in contentious politics and social movements, with the claimants being the members of the pro-democracy movement and the claim being the demands that they have set out for the government to accept and implement. Their contentious performances have been a series of demonstrations, protests, and boycotts to spread their message and pressure the regime. For example, they installed a plaque outside the royal palace in Bangkok after a protest in September that read, At this place, the people have expressed their will that this country belongs to the people and is not the property of the monarchy, as they have deceived us. It also contained the three-finger salute and garnered a lot of attention. The protesters have been shot at with water cannons that contained blue dye and a chemical irritant on October 16th. Student leaders have also planned a boycott of one of Thailand's largest banks, Siam Commercial Bank, which the King holds a 23.4% stake in. These demonstrations and increasing unrest have forced the government to react. The protests have grown larger and more contentious as the government has arrested at least 35 activists, including a 16-year-old, and have been trying them under the laissez-majesté provision of the Thai Criminal Code, which the UN considers a violation of human rights. The UN is currently urging the Thai government to, quote, amend the Laissez-Majesté law and bring it into line with Article 19 of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights on the right to freedom of expression," quote. The Economist Intelligence Unit predicts that the Thai military will try to refrain from using, quote, violent crackdown tactics, unquote, in order to avoid backlash from uh, domestic and foreign sources. The government's newest strategy to try to quell these protests have been to propose a reconciliation committee so the government and protesters can come to a compromise. The party Future Forward plans to work with the reconciliation committee, but protest leaders have said that they will not participate in the reconciliation committee because they don't think that the government is sincere in wanting to find a, quote, peaceful political solution, end quote. In an interview with Al Jazeera, Thai political scientist Dr. Tidanan Ponsuderak of Chulalongkorn University was recorded saying this about the student protesters: The student protest uh, movement uh, has, uh, has learned by doing, but also they have uh, uh, tabulated and, and sort of taken into account all these various other bogus attempts in the past, and this time I think that they would not settle for another kind of misleading, bogus uh, reconciliation attempt. He went on to say that the government is hoping that while it's presenting the appearance of reconciliation, it's actually slow walking the process and hoping the protest movement will lose momentum. But so far, that's clearly not the case. So Thailand will most likely continue to experience contentious politics until one side of the political conflict gives or the country continues on into a full-blown revolution. For the sake of free speech and democracy, many will hope for the latter to occur. The music in this episode was provided by Anchor FM and the news clip audio by Al Jazeera. You can find information about the sources used in this podcast in the description. Thank you for listening to my podcast project on Thailand.